You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Remote Local Podcast. Today, Neil and I have a special guest, Rohan Jilks. We're super excited to have you, Rohan. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much. Dude, we, and, I, mm-hmm. I just found out that I've been pronouncing Rohan's name completely wrong for about like eight years now. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad we cleared it up on the pod, Rohan. Jilks, not Gilks. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those hidden secrets that most people don't get right, man. So it's all yeah. <laughs> so if I could give your intro, Rohan. So um, I've known Rohan virtually, even though I've actually never met in person for years. And if you guys have listened to the earlier podcast episodes or anything, you will know the story of how I was working in VC. I was scouring the internet, came across a Reddit post of a guy who started a cleaning company. And that's how I got started with Made This. The guy who started the cleaning company is no other than Rohan. So I, I call him the godfather. He spurred this huge movement of cleaning companies just from this Reddit post. Um, completely crushed it. Was so generous with all of his information on online to get people started in this. And he really is the reason why Made This exists. Uh, and from there, he spun out, uh, started Launch 27, which is a software company that we use at Made This and many other thousands of cleaning companies use. Um, and he's doing a bunch of other really cool stuff. So Rowan, I am stoked to have you. Thank you for your time. Man, thanks for having me, man. It's been it's been a fun, crazy ride. It's wild that you said eight years, and it seems almost impossible that it has been that long, but it has been that long. The, <laughs> the, the local case study lives, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, Ron, I'd actually like to start at the beginning, man. And um, can you tell us about your early years, your background? Where'd you grow up, and how was your how was your childhood? How did you grow up? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, I had a really lucky childhood. Um, I grew up in Barbados, um, kind of in poverty, but not not in a way that it left any lasting, um, you know, negative effects on me or anything like that. Like, I grew up really happy on an island country, um, you know, in the Caribbean and, um, you know, really good family. And um, I kind of was always good in school. And, yeah, my, my childhood, when I look back on it, was really fun. And um, I ended up getting, um, I always did better in school for some reason. So I, I ended up getting a scholarship to come to the U.S. to study business. And so I came to the U.S. to study business. How old were you then? I was 18 years old. Okay. Um, came to the U.S. to study business, just as an associate's degree at first. Mm-hmm. And then I got a loan to finish my <clears throat> four-year degree um, out in Pittsburgh. And then from there, I started working as an accountant, which is what I did for like the first 10 years of my um, career. I worked in accounting and finance in um, Washington, D.C. At, at a bank, right? Yeah, I worked at Freddie Mac first. Okay. Um, yeah, Freddie Mac. I worked at Fannie Mae. And then I worked at kind of like a banking institution that helped um, multifamily builders um, finance their um their multifamily um, projects, mm-hmm. uh, accounting, finance stuff, nothing to do with internet marketing or entrepreneurship, none of that. <laughs> and and then, uh, Rohan, what changed? I lost my job. <laughs> so, ah, yes. 
many times that's the best thing that can happen to people, right? You lose your job and you have to do something finally. Yes, yes, absolutely. So the you know the real estate downturn happened. I was working for essentially real estate driven companies, and um, one Friday I went to work, and that was my last day. I got laid off. Um, yeah, and I remember driving home with I got three weeks notice, so three weeks pay. Um, and it would have been two weeks unless I signed something saying that, you know, basically I'm going to go in peace kind of thing. So mm. I, signed I got three weeks pay. And from there I had to figure out what to do with my life. And, um, it was a one year of struggle after that, trying to figure out what would work as a business to pay my bills. Did you ever consider moving back to Barbados? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, Almost speaking immediately, of, actually. Huh? Uh, speaking of which, uh, David actually spent a pretty good chunk of time in Barbados recently, uh, just really? working remotely there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During during uh, when the lockdown started in the states, Barbados did an amazing job, you know, containing COVID. So I moved there, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed living and surfing for three months. That is incredible. Did you live on the west coast? Um, on the uh, it was on the south coast. On the south coast, okay, like yeah. Christchurch or something like that. Um, yeah, exactly. Oh, awesome, man. That is so cool. Yeah. So David could definitely live there. And, and uh, Rohan, it gets back to the story. It sounds like you actually were considering at that point going back to Barbados. Yes, I was I, I was thinking about it because I have no support here. So mm-hmm. back home, I can't be homeless because I have, if things go wrong, I, ha- I have my mom, I have my sister's house. Like mm-hmm. in, in the US, if things go wrong and I can't pay my mortgage or my rent, um. There's no like <laughs> we can do right. Yeah, any family here or anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my first idea of going back. But then I said, you know what? Let me give myself some time. I burnt through my 401k to 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 save my house to keep my mortgage. Wow. Okay. And I was like just trying every type of practical business before I would try things where I could build a business and hope to monetize it later. But I hadn't. I didn't have that luxury anymore. Ron, why did you try to build a business instead of get another job? I think people's first inclination is, I got fired. Let me go beef up my resume and go back out to market. Oh, yeah. So I was doing both. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I was um, you know, spending some of my day applying for other jobs. And then spend, and, and then the, the portions of my day that I was not doing that, I was like, okay, how can I make some money um, on my own so that I am, I'm never put in the position again where – one day, somebody could just walk in and just pull the carpet from under me, like pull the rug from under me. So I didn't want to be in that situation again, even though I knew that there was a chance I had to do it again. But I was trying to save myself from having to go back. David and I were just talking about this on the last podcast, I believe, where you feel like you have security with a job. But the reality is, if you put it in business terms, you have one client. You have yes. a single source of income. That's the riskiest place to be in a business. That's not a business. That's just... Mm-hmm. That that's that's just high risk. I don't even know what that is, but that's not a business. There, that's what a job is. Absolutely, I said this on Twitter very recently, man. Like, if you are if you have a job, consider yourself already an entrepreneur with one client. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so fast forward from that, Rohan. So you started, you know, let's call it hustling, trying different things, also yes. trying to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was like the next thing, next big thing that happened or like the next milestone in that journey? Yeah. So the next milestone was, you know, yeah, I was doing like, affiliate marketing. I was trying to sell things on eBay, hustling mm-hmm. every day. 
And um, the lady that used to clean my my, my home, like um, my friend um, at the time, um, she asked me to build her a website because she knew that I was like always like every time she came to my house, I was online trying to do something. So she was like, oh, can you build me a website? And I was like, well, you know, I could build you a website, but it would just sit there unless you have time to do Internet marketing. Um, what if I build a website, I do all the hustling to try to get jobs and you go out and do the jobs. Tell me how much you would charge for these jobs. I'm going to add like 30% for myself. And, um, and, and let's see if we can get you more work. And she mm. was like, yeah, of course. And so- <laughs> Wow. Light bulb went off there. Yes. That's how I started. Yeah. Huh. So we, um, David and I talk about this on podcast quite a bit, but that moment you might remember like a money milestone. Usually it's like the first job you might do or like in what, David's case, he was traveling and he got pinged. Like he, he just got a sale. Was mm-hmm. there a moment like that for you where you were like, holy crap, like I'm actually making money being somewhere else or just doing this? Absolutely. The first day my website went up, so I had 450 bucks. I found a guy in Turkey um, to do my, my first website. The first day it went up was a Friday. And all I did was I posted it on Craigslist. And, um, and back then, Craigslist was free. So I had no money. I posted it on Craigslist. I went to sleep. I woke up. A guy came and paid $159 to my PayPal account to book students. Because back then, we were using PayPal. Yeah. Wow. Yes, the first day. And I'm like, this guy, didn't. he never talked to me. He never asked any questions, nothing. I went to sleep, and I woke up with $159. So I was like, okay. If Best I, feeling ever. Best feeling ever. This is possible. So I was like, man, if I can keep going, I could probably get to $300 a month to pay, make my car payment. Hmm. That was my goal. $300. A month. <laughs> $300. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how long did it take to, to reach that? Um, I, I, my first $300 that, that accrued to me was probably like day four. Wow. Done. It's probably day four. And I'm like, this is insane. I'm doing nothing else. Yeah. Except trying to solve this. Mm -hmm. So, Ron, let's talk about from there to scaling, right? If you're working in a corporate job, you don't exactly know how to scale a business, even if it's a business related. Like, I worked in finance for a long time. I still didn't learn how to scale a small business. It's a different skill set. So, how did you get from that to actually scaling a business, learning things, you know, everything you needed before even putting up this Reddit post. What happened? How did you learn this? Man, um, I learned it on Google. Yeah. I Googled everything, everything. I, I like when I when it was time to hire my first person to answer the phones, I Googled mm-hmm. how to hire people. I Googled for what questions to ask in the interview. I Googled like how to figure out W-2s and 1099s and what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found like this one blog, this guy, his name was um, Shoe Money, shoemoney.com. And he was doing like some local affiliate marketing. Mm. I read every single thing. This, if, if this guy breathed, I was there, <laughs> part of that breath. And I found a few other, more, a few other people like him. Yeah. And I just soaked up every single thing I could, I could soak up while actually doing it in real time. So it wasn't just let me read it and, oh, that was a nice read. It was like... Yeah. Let me read it like a like a recipe. Take it to the kitchen and actually try to cook the steak at the same time. And that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So from from there until let's say uh, your first 
um, I guess, how did you scale your first year, right? You got that first job on a Friday, 159 bucks from mm-hmm. there. How did you get to where, where were you a year from then? Yeah. So a year from then fun and it's kind of wild. Um, one year from then I was at a second job. So as I was like, you know, building up the business, I post on Reddit, I was doing about, um, $4,000 a month. That was accruing to me. That's when you posted. Yes. That's when I posted on Reddit. Okay. Yeah, but three months before that, or maybe two months before that, I had taken another job because I still wasn't making enough that was that was actually going to replace my salary and and set me back to to being um, at, at least secure and comfortable. Yeah. So I got another job, and while I was at that other job, I kept building up. So I got to four thousand a month. I posted on Reddit. It was a Sunday. I will never forget. Mm-hmm. I posted on a Sunday, and people were. I'm like, people are actually interested in this stuff. Okay. I'm going to share it. I really don't know what I'm doing, but I know that what I'm doing so far has been working and I have no problem sharing it with other people that are might be in the same situation. Then I kept going. I kept hustling. I would leave work at 5.30 p.m., go to this coffee shop, work until midnight, mm-hmm. go, go to sleep and do it all over again. By month number eight, I was at about $50,000 a month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's when I quit. Jeez, man. Yeah. So... Ron, what made you post? So I'm sure you never thought from this Reddit post you'd strike, from my mind, a revolution, right? Of of a new breed of people and a new breed of cleaning companies. What made you even want to post this on Reddit? Why did you do that? Um, two reasons, man. One, I I was bored. I was doing this all by myself. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew what I was doing. I was like my my friends. I hadn't seen them for months, and I felt like man, it would be cool to at least have somebody say, oh, good job, Rohan, or something. Mm-hmm. That's kind of really what prompted me to post. And then I felt like, you know, if people were to follow along, it would keep me accountable, mm. keep me focused. And so those are kind of like the two reasons why I ended up posting. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and Ron, just for clarity, was that after eight months, was that 50,000 profit or 50,000 revenue? That was fifty thousand revenue, which works out to about twenty thousand a month in um, take home money. Wow, beautiful! Wow. So Great at that margin. point, it was like way better than you know the job you had before and and all that. Man, that it was like four times better. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so at at this point, Rowan, you're uh, you're scaling, you're growing your business, you're making good money, you're posting on Reddit, you're getting a big following. Now, there must have been a light bulb where you're like, I need to build a software product now. Can you go through this transition of like, this is almost your second career in entrepreneurship. You have the cleaning company going well. Why did you not double down on that? And instead, just you decided to do something very different from a local service? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, really good question. So, as the cleaning company was starting to scale up, I was actually trying to build software to keep everything organized. So... I first started with a bunch of WordPress plugins. I hired another guy in Spain. His name is Caesar. And I would be like, hey, when the booking comes in, I want it to do this. And I want to be able to send emails in this way. So it started as a series of WordPress plugins that he would build for me and I would manage everything on WordPress. Then it got to a point where I was like, man, it's just so janky and disorganized. This should actually be a, a, a proper software. So I essentially went back and I already had, I already knew how things should work because I had the WordPress plugins built, but it should be a more cohesive product. So the first software was really just for me. It was really just for me to be able to say, 
how do I get from $50,000 a month to $150,000 a month and still be okay? Um, and only after I kind of did that, making myself customer number one, it came to me that, you know what, other people may want this as well. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was when the idea came to like, you know what, let me go back, put in a few more dollars into this project and turn it into a piece of software that other people would want to use as well. So your intention was not at all to cultivate a following and then sell them something. It was just, it was done organically where you did it for yourself. And then later on you thought, yeah, I might as well sell it to people. Is that, yeah. is that how it went? Exactly. Like I had no idea one, that following would happen, or two, mm. that I would build software that, that those folks would want. It was all like this accidental thing that came like maybe a year and a half later. Yeah. Wow. And for everyone listening, the software we're talking about is called Launch 27. Yeah. Um, Rohan has since exited the software, which we'll talk about a little bit later on today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, David, I know you were considering starting a software company, right? Uh, mm-hmm. specifically for this. And look, the, the podcast, we talk about local services, but this is a perfect example of how you could parlay what you're doing for local services into even something different and bigger, which is what Rohan did. And D- mm-hmm. David, you are, are you going to dive into this realm as well? I'm very curious about it, for sure. Um, and a little bit differently than the cleaning business, the way we're running the locksmith businesses is that we have people on the ground, employees, um, inventory, vehicles. So it's a very, very local business type thing, mm-hmm. uh, which brings challenges for scale that software companies uh, have the ability to uh, to transcend you know, much, much easier. And I'm curious, Rohan, what your thoughts are about that? Because you've, you know, you've done many different things, the cleaning company, um, other local companies, and then also the software companies. What is your thinking now and, and where are you at now after having experience with, with both realms? Um, yeah, so I like them both, um, you know, just generally. I feel like my experience with, with the cleaning business is like you can grow so much faster. Um, you put up your website, I can go to bed and wake up with five more customers that came and booked online. With the software company, growth was like half the speed of the local service business. Mm -hmm. However, I felt like the the customers that you got, once they were on the software, they were a lot stickier. So um, a software customer may stay with us for five years. A cleaning um, customer may stay stay with us for five months, right? Mm -hmm. So so those are the kind of the two major differences. And then, of course, with software, I feel like having a software exit is a lot more predictable than um, a local service business exit. Like, you kind of know what the metrics are going to be. You know what the multiple is kind of going to be because there's so many software businesses being sold at any one time. And it feels like a lot more predictable process um, selling your software business after you build it up. But the growth is a lot slower, from my experience, than the growth of a local service business. Ron, if someone's starting out and they're trying to figure out how to get into business and they think, do I make software or do I do a local service business? What would you recommend to this person? Man, I would always recommend local service business. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why is that? For me, there's just there the hurdle of expertise is so low. I feel like um, it's something that almost anybody can do. 
Um, I, I feel like software requires a little bit more experience, a little bit more marketing knowledge, a little bit more customer acquisition, sophistication, and so on. The local business, answering your phone is a competitive advantage. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> it, 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 it's so funny, by the way, Rohan, you said just anecdotally, we're, we're onboarding a newest franchisee, and I just had them do competitor analysis. And I was like, call the top 10 competitors in your local market. He, he called me back yesterday. He's like, Neil, only two of them picked up. That was it. That's it. Like, so... <laughs> Eight out of 10 of them did not pick up. So what you said right there, Ron, is so accurate. Like the competition has no idea what they're doing. It's just mind boggling. Yeah. It's so crazy, man. Yeah, it is wild. Mm. Uh, Ron, you still, do you still have your maid service? Yes, I do. So I have a maid gotcha. service. Yes. And um, I actually want to talk about uh, how you're doing. So Ron, right now you live in Las Vegas. Is that right? Yes, I live in Vegas. And where is your maid service located? In Washington, D.C. Okay, so that's where you started. Was it remote since day one, or did you actually meet cleaners in person? Oh, in the beginning, I met cleaners in person. They would even come to my house because, you know, I still was trying to figure everything out. Mm -hmm. So I, I was in D.C. when I started. When I quit my job, like, eight months later, I put my car and some clothes on a train and went to Florida and never went back. <laughs> so. Wow. So you went, you went straight remote. So how were you able to accomplish this remotely? From the beginning, was it like, did you do you feel like you had to put way more systems in? Could you only do that when you had another boots on the ground? How did you convert this to be a remote business for you? Yeah, so I, I converted it to remote. Um, for me, the biggest challenge for remote was payments. So when I was there at first, I was taking cash and I was taking checks. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Why? It doesn't make any sense. Let, let me go to credit card only. So I did that. And then the other challenge for me remotely was hiring and just like, you know, people management. Mm -hmm. Just moved to having Zoom calls and Skype calls and WhatsApp calls and and hiring and screening people that way. So once we kind of solved those two problems with systems and technology, um, the rest of it was fine because I had never provided supplies or any of that stuff. So I didn't need to solve that part. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So you went you went remote rather quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I haven't, yeah, cool. I haven't been back. I've been back to the DC area like one time in like eight years, man. I Jeez, Florida and Vegas. <laughs> yeah. One thing we always so, talk. Mm -hmm. Go, ahead, David. Oh, I, I was gonna say I love the your story, Rohan, because many times so far when Neil and I talked about being location independent, we were talking about being down in Mexico or in Bangkok or like being completely you know in a different part of the world. Mm -hmm. But here you are living an amazing life in the U.S. and the business you started with became remote pretty fast as well. Yes, man. Um, mm -hmm. and I love it. I, I would tell people, you, you, you kind of like with, as an entrepreneur, you get to make a lot of decisions around how you want to live your life, especially if you can become successful. If you become successful, you can kind of carve out whatever you want. So I hired a general manager who's also remote, by the way. She, um, she lives in Florida. And I don't work in that business anymore, but I still get my six-figure check. Um, um, mm -hmm. And I, I take, you know, I take a salary. Maybe I spend some time on there, like maybe one hour a month, and that's probably an exaggeration. Like I spend my time working wow. on more interesting things. Yeah. Yeah. And Ron, how did you structure that? You gave the ops manager full control, and you said, "Hey, you're handling everything." marketing ops everything or did you still take a piece of that and say hey i'm really great at marketing i'm still going to do that part 
Um, yeah, so I know I, I, I gave them I gave them everything. Um, general manager, I hired a person to hire, so basically human resources, my customer service people to handle essentially operational stuff. And so when some person says I want to speak to the manager, they speak to my general manager. Wow. Um, and yeah, and I just kind of removed myself and started focusing more on software and other fun projects that you you know you've probably heard along the way yeah mm-hmm. run, run what are you working on now so now i'm i'm working on essentially helping kevin um um you know kevin kind of like, i know kevin yeah yeah helping him with growing um convert labs um, mm-hmm. which is a software product and we're putting out some like kind of like some educational courses and so on for local service businesses so those are the two things that i'm focused on Mm-hmm. And, and Rowan, what what drives you now? So you know you've you've had um, you know a very impressive amount of success with your service companies, with the exit from the software company. What keeps you you know motivated and and waking up every day? Oh man, um, well I'll say this: a lot of days I'm not motivated anymore. I, I can, <laughs> a lot of days because it kind of like it's difficult to stay motivated when i can be like i'm more comfortable now so i can wake up and just do nothing um so i'm kind of fighting that you know i'm thinking like you know i want to you know take care of my parents i want to make you know take care of my brothers and sisters and look out for my family and find ways to make sure that they're taken care of so it's almost like you know the, the trying to make sure that the people around me are comfortable um, and that kind of keeps me going now because if I have to like think about, oh, what does Rohan want? It doesn't really excite me anymore. I'm kind of too comfortable for, for that part now. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, Rohan, I guess for all the listeners over here, I mean, so what Rohan has done, he's built both a software com- company and a local service company, both the remote scaled them, exited them. And, uh, David, it's funny you said that my, that was my question is what defines success for Rohan? And I run. It sounds like you're you're kind of on a path to figure that out now. And what is the next measure of success since you've already been successful at these two things? Would that be Would that be an accurate statement? Yes, I I think so, man. I I think like like um like what like, kind of like what's next? Yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a lot of it for me, like like what drove me for a long time was just getting to freedom and get to a place where I feel secure and. And there, there, there wasn't any one person that, um, if they didn't like me, they could affect my entire livelihood and where I live or really have those types of impacts on my life. So I wanted to set myself up to not be in that vulnerable position. And now that I'm not there, I'm thinking like, okay, um, you know, kind of what can I do? How can I help other people to get to the point that I've gotten to or find success in their own way? But right now, just like my friends and family, like, you know, especially with COVID, a lot of them lost their jobs. Yeah. A lot of them like have problems, you know, paying their rent and their mortgage and so on. So I'm like, yo, how can I get them set up so that with the next pandemic or the next lockdown or whatever, they won't be in the same situation. So that's kind of like what I've been spending time thinking about um, over the last couple of months. Yeah. It is interesting. I, it's, it's kind of a push and pull, right? Um, I, I, from your story, Rohan, um, you you got started because you had a pain that you lost your job, right? That's usually the big driver for a lot of people to go into entrepreneurship is pain from something, pain of a job loss, pain from not having enough money, pain from being stuck in a job you hate. 
Uh, so that pain will initially drive you to make enough money to get out of that pain. But then after that happens, you need something to pull you towards a goal. You need a new goal in mind once you're comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always the toughest part, I think, for successful entrepreneurs like yourself, Rohan, is you gotten rid of the pain. The pain took you so far to you know, have a comfortable life. Uh, kind of what comes next after that? And I think it's, it's an ongoing question for everyone. And the answer is going to be very different for everyone. Um, but it's interesting how we always see that common theme across every single entrepreneur. I could not put it any better than that. It's exactly, exactly it. Yeah. And, and adding another perspective on it. So initially you're kind of driven by uh, scarcity, right? Scarcity and kind of fear. I don't have enough money. I need to make enough money to survive and pay rent and provide for my family. And then you reach a certain point where you accomplish that and it's no longer a challenge. And all of a sudden, everything that drove you up to that point just pretty much like disappears. All of the motivation, all of the fire, all of the hustle kind of goes away because you don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then comes that uncomfortable hump of like, what now? Yeah. And then figure out what you're passionate about and what you want to go towards from more of an abundant um, state of mind mm-hmm. and, and reinvent it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Definitely yes. a mental game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rowan, since I have you here, I, uh, one thing I've always been curious about, about you actually, which I'm happy I have a chance to ask you. What would you say your superpower is as it relates to entrepreneurship and business? Oh, man, I love that question. Bro. Um, I, I feel like my superpower is being able to put myself really firmly in the customer's shoes. Hmm. Yeah, really firmly. Like I can I, I, I pride myself, even if I'm slightly wrong about this, I pride myself on being able to say, you know what, this is what a customer or a potential customer is going to think when they see this page. Here are the things that they are going to question. If I make some strong claim, here's how they're going to question it. Um, here's how this color is going to respond to them. It's going to, um, it's going to elicit this response in them. Here's what this price is going to make them feel about the quality of the product. So all these things, so that, and, and I'm always thinking about it as I'm like, laying out the website and thinking about the copy and thinking about all these things that are going to make them reach into their wallet, pull out their credit card and feel comfortable enough to cross that hurdle that they, that everybody has to cross in order to make a purchase. So I, for me, that's kind of it, like just really get in their heads or just being, and even, if, even if, if I'm wrong, just being obsessive about thinking about it, thinking about what they're, they're going to think when they're presented with this offer. And so, yeah, I, I like to think that that's one of my um, superpowers. And I, 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 all my writing and content creation and design is always in the light of solving what people are going to think when they encounter it. And that's it for me, yeah. <laughs> that's a huge superpower because that's literally what business is, right? What is the pain point of the customer? What would they exchange their money for to solve that pain? You put, them, you put yourself in their shoes and could write and speak to them. That's literally business right there. That's awesome. Yeah. If you can and even more so in, in service companies where um, that's where a lot of the other companies get it wrong. They only think about themselves and what they want and not enough about the customer. Yes. And that's a superpower for those companies as well. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Rohan, thank you for your time, man. This has been an awesome interview. I'm stoked that we actually had you on. Uh, if anyone here wants to find you, where could they find you? Um, yeah, dude. Thanks for thinking about me for this, man. Um, we always talk. I always enjoy chatting with you whenever we, we get some time. Yeah. 
Um, people can find me at rohanjilts.com. So R-O-H-A-N-G-I-L-K-E-S.com. And I've been spending more time on Twitter as well. So um, my name on Twitter, um, I write some business threads on there, case studies on Twitter. I just, I just been enjoying Twitter recently. So that's my spot right now. Yeah. Perfect. And we will add all of that to the show notes as well. Uh, Rohan, the Godfather, it has been awesome having you. Thank you for the time. Thanks, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Rohan. Take care. Take care. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with May This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.